Hey, hey, folks, what a pleasure to have you tuning in to the Paul Leslie Hour. You know, this time around, we're going to present Paul's interview with New York-based singer-songwriter Tora. You're about to hear an in-depth conversation about her debut album, Spilling Over. You know, there's a lot of content we present to the masses here at the Paul Leslie Hour, and we do rely on our listeners and viewers, that's you, to help. So please, if you would, check it out, www.thepaulleslie.com support. And when you're there, just look around the site and pull the lever. And thank you, everyone who's contributing. Now let's get this show on the road. Here's Paul Leslie and Torah. Ladies and gentlemen, it is our great pleasure to welcome this artist you're going to be hearing a lot from. Her name is Torah. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Paul. How are you? Very good. Who is Torah? Well, I'm an old soul in a young vessel right now. I'm definitely figuring a lot of that out day by day, mostly through my music, you know, has sort of really shaped me from the time that I was basically born. I've always been around it, always wanted to create it, but I didn't realize that it would be such a learning experience for me at the same time in figuring out who I am. I'm a singer-songwriter. I'm definitely an adventurer, but I'm just kind of teaching day by day. I think most stories are best from the beginning. What was life like growing up? Well, I had an amazing childhood. I had two very, very loving parents, pretty privileged life. So I was always taught from the beginning the importance of giving back. And so I met a lot of people that had really incredible stories from the beginning, especially a lot of veterans. I was around them from the time that I was a child. So I met a lot of people that had sacrificed quite a bit, and I was always marked by how strong that they were, and I didn't realize that that was going to come into play later on in my life, but it very, very much did, and, and I learned a lot from them. But I was growing up around my parents producing Broadway musicals. You know, I was in the wings, learning all the choreography, singing along to all the songs, and I think that pretty much doomed me to a life of music. It wasn't really so much a choice after that. Do you remember certain songs or certain albums, perhaps, that resonated with you more than others? Oh, absolutely. My dad, he actually had Queen's greatest hit in all of Every car that we would ever get into, he had it with him. And we would listen to it from start to finish. And obviously, it was a little before my time. I was very young. So it was something that I had to discover for myself. But I actually remember seeing a video of Freddie Mercury performing Wembley Stadium, I believe, 86. And it absolutely changed my life. And that is a very, very defining moment that I can specifically recall that I thought, you know what, I want to do exactly that for the rest of my life, every single day, and I will be the happiest woman to ever walk the face of the earth. That definitely sticks out in my mind. Is there a musician or a songwriter that you would say is the biggest influence on you? 
Well, other than Freddie Mercury, I'd say probably Eric Clapton. I mean, I have more um, vintage influences um, given my age, but I was always really drawn to how much soul went into his music, especially after the loss of his son and, you know, that resonating through his music. And that was just always something that I thought, you know, that's what music should be. It should be this cathartic expression, something that you couldn't possibly bear to put it in any other form. It has to be in music. It has to be in song. It has to be in lyric. You've mentioned already that you're an old soul and that you like a lot of the vintage performers. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is? What is it that appeals to you about that? I, I think that there was just more freedom of expression in terms of the song structures and, you know, I guess what they could get away with because when I hear, you know, within the industry today, oh, well, you should sound like this or you should sound like this person, and it's very structured. It's verse, chorus, verse, bridge, and there's a formula, and if you don't fit into that box, then, you know, you're not going to be the next big star. But these were the greats, and they really did, in my opinion, what they wanted to do. And they made music the way they thought music should be made. And there was no one to tell them it was right or wrong. It was just what they felt they wanted to express. And there was a greater appreciation for that, I feel like. And I could be way off because I wasn't actually there. But that's how I've interpreted it now. And so I, I seem to just resonate more with the themes and the lyrics that they're singing rather than the things that seem a little more superficial today. Do you think that it's harder in today's musical climate to be a true artist in the music business? I think so as well. I think that if you sort of take more of an indie route and you stay true to yourself, that you can absolutely have a following and those people really truly believe in you and they really like your music and that's definitely the type of fan that I would ever want to have. Um, I don't think I would ever want to be competing um, for my fans' attention by putting out a song every two months or every six months. If I mean, unless I was writing hits that fast and I thought, hey, these are great, they should absolutely go out. But I, I don't think that music can really be written like that if you really are striving to be your best. In terms of when you're writing songs, is there a certain ritual that you go through, or do the songs just kind of find you? How does it work when you're writing a song? I have learned not to try to manipulate it. it it's kind of just whenever it strikes me. Um, I mean, even if I'm telling myself, okay, you know, I'm going to sit down at the piano at 2 o'clock today and I'm going to see what happens, even then I'm not thinking, okay, well, I have to do this or I have to write this type of song. I may try to start that way, but it always kind of winds up just taking me in whatever direction, and I never want to fight it because you just never know what you're going to end up creating, and you don't want to stifle that. So it feels a lot like it just kind of flows through me, and I don't want to get in the way, so I just kind of let it do its thing. 
Would you say that you're more attracted to the melody of a song or the lyric? Well, for me personally, I always start with the melody, and that kind of, if it flows freely enough and I'm just, I'm humming it, um, even if I'm starting with one line, the lyrics always seem to fall into place immediately. I mean, I'll be humming the first half, and by the second half of writing the song, the lyrics are already starting to pop out. So that it always seems like, given the emotion that the melody is putting in me, the lyrics come to me. But I, I'm absolutely so, I mean, I really think it's so important that the lyrics speak to the person as much as the melody does. And I would never try to just write those off. You know, no pun intended, but they're, they're important. They're definitely important to me because that is really how I'm going to express what I'm feeling. What do you think about your new album? Oh, well, it, it was a huge undertaking. Uh, I mean, I, I have a lot of growing and learning to do as an artist, but I knew that I wanted to do a full album, and I knew that I wanted to write all the music myself and, you know, also co-write, and I really wanted to expand myself and show everyone that I could do this, that I had confidence in myself to be who I really am as an artist. And it it's really incredible, you know, having it sitting in front of me now completed and knowing, wow, you know what, I co-produced that, I wrote it, and I'm going to probably look back at this and think, wow, that was a really great accomplishment for that time in my life. Right now I'm trying to, you know, keep it cool and just take it one day at a time, one step at a time, and always improve myself and learn from it. But I think it's it's the best that I could have done right now. And, you know, of course I'm going to pat myself on the back and say, hey, you know, that's pretty damn good, especially just starting out. But I'm really hoping that people relate to it and that they feel like, wow, you know what, she's coming from a really real place. And I can totally relate to that. And that was my biggest goal from day one of writing this album. Do you have a favorite song on the album? I do. I do. It's kind of like, you know, picking your favorite child. So I feel a little guilty doing it. But it would be this piano ballad I wrote called Drown. And it actually has this huge instrumental outro that, you know, there was a, a little pushback where people's initial reaction to it was, well, it's not really normal for, you know, a pop rock radio song to have this much instrumental. Um, and it's not really normal for that to be a single. But I, I mean, that's sort of where my Queen influence comes in. I just knew, you know, I kind of think of it as, okay, well, that's sort of a, a movement in the song rather than just an outro. And it was really important to bringing you on a journey instead of just going through the motions. And I wanted you to feel like you had finally, you know, arrived at a very emotional peak and then the song was going to take you on a ride for the rest of, you know, a minute and a half. And that was important to staying true to what I wanted. And so I think it kind of sticks out in my mind as possibly my, my favorite. And it's probably 
the center of who I am as an artist because it's a piano ballad. I write on the piano. I've played piano my whole life. So it's probably the most, it shines the most true for me. Why do you do what you do? Mm. Well, I, I feel I have to. <laughs> I don't really feel like I have a choice. Um, when I was in college, I was absolutely completely consumed by the thought that every time I was sitting in a classroom learning about something else, that, you know, there was someone else out there that was playing, that was writing, that was performing, and it was absolutely killing me on the inside. Um, but I was still writing, thank goodness, but I really had, I just have to get it out. I mean, if I don't write, if I don't sing, if I don't perform, if I don't, you know, feel the piano at least once a day, I feel, you know, pretty lost, pretty overwhelmed. It, I think that's what you call a calling, but um, I, I couldn't imagine not having that in my life, even if nobody wanted to hear me play, nobody wanted to hear it. People were like, okay, listen, you you shouldn't be doing this. I, I'm still going to do it, and it, it brings me a lot of joy, and I think that's all you can really look for in life. Another thing you mentioned earlier, you said that you were an adventurer. What do you mean by that? Well, I've had to overcome a lot of fears, and I think a lot of people have fears about really living, you know, whether it's, oh, well, well I'm afraid to try this, or, oh, you know, traveling, tra you know, scares me, or going into the unknown scares me, and... um Pretty much all of it scares me. So I have made a point to do that. And especially as of late, if it seems like something that most people would say, oh, that's okay, you know, I'll just watch from afar, I want to jump right in. And, you know, my heart is definitely pounding, whether it's I'm going to, you know, scuba dive a shipwreck or I'm going to go, you know, run a marathon or whatever it is that people feel like they can't accomplish. I always kind of want to get my, my toes wet and, and see what it's like. Um, but it was definitely an adventure for me to pursue music professionally um, because you don't know where it leads and none of us do. Um, but I started really young and when I was still figuring myself out, and that's been my biggest adventure so far. Um, but I obviously wouldn't trade one single day of it because I've had a blast and I feel really fortunate that I can call this my job. So, Where are you hoping that this all goes? Well, I'd love to be making music for the rest of my life, but in the near future, I'm hoping that I can start really reaching a lot of people and really gaining a lot of listeners that understand my music and that hopefully heal from my music because that's what it's done for me. And I want it to be sort of a, a communal experience where, you know, people can can say, well, you know, that actually really helped me through a tough time or, you know, I really knew what she was going through because I was going through the same thing or, you know, it really lifted my spirit because music has really saved me in that way so many times. and. I think it's a blessing to be able to give that back to people. What is the best thing about being Torah? Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> that's a tough one. 
Um, well, I think, and this is probably not, you know, a very, this is sort of unorthodox answer, but it's probably that I truly can say waking up every single morning that I'm absolutely happy to be alive in every situation that I go into, it never really gets too much to me. It never really gets too much under my skin, and I never get too stressed out without that sort of thought in the back of my mind that it, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day, that if you're here, you have your health and you have love in your heart, that that is what it is all about. And it sounds sort of hippie-ish, I know, but <laughs> that... I feel really lucky at such a young age to have such an appreciation for everything instead of looking back and saying, wow, you know what, that was actually the best time of my life and I was, you know, being ignorant during the whole time. And I think that's that's a huge blessing for me. I mean, I it's, it's definitely something that I, I feel, you know, I, I've had to earn in this young age, but it's important. The website is officialtora.com. That's T-O-R-A dot com. Do you have any parting words for our listeners? Well, uh, I would say stay true to your hearts. If you like a song or if you like an artist that may be mainstream or the whole world doesn't care about or doesn't know about or doesn't think that they're special, if it speaks to you, then that is absolutely something that you should cherish. And I think that there should be more of that, absolutely. Well, Tora, thanks so much for doing this. It's been great to see you. You too. All right. Have a wonderful day. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you for stopping by today. If you enjoyed our program, consider telling a friend about it. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through people just like you. So you want to keep the show going, right? Go to thepaulleslie.com. That's thepaulleslie.com. Click on Support the Show. And thanks to everyone who contributes. Performance of the intro music is courtesy of John Primerano, The Entertainer, written by Scott Joplin. End credit theme music is courtesy of John Primerano, the traditional song, Corina, Corina. Your announcer is Dan Gold. Hey, that's me. The show is hosted and produced by Paul Leslie. And we'll see you next time on the Paul Leslie Hour.